This is Tall Boy Radio. Each week, your hosts, Beans, Gaz and Andy, grab a beer and discuss our topic of the week. We try to keep things uncomplicated. The premise for this podcast is as simple as we are. Not only can you listen to us wherever good podcasts are found, you can also watch us. Just search Tall Boy Radio on YouTube. If you have a story and want to feature on the show, drop us an email at tbrpodcast at hotmail.com or leave us a comment on social media at Tallboy Radio on Twitter and Facebook and at Tallboy Radio Podcast on Instagram or leave us a message via the Anchor app which we can play on the show. This is a Beans Does Stuff production. Anyway, the show is about to start so go grab yourself a cold one, sit back and enjoy. Welcome back to episode 71 of Tallboy Radio, and it's me, it's Gaz. I'm in the driving seat again tonight. Um, so just before we introduce the topic of the week, I'm going to um, let my two fellow co-hosts um, bid you a warm welcome. So, Ad, do you want to go first? Yeah, thank you. Cheers, dude. Uh, thanks for the introduction there. Interesting topic for this week. I'll let Gaz tell you all about it, though, because this one is his brainchild. The beer I am drinking today is a collaboration beer, and it's between Brewdog and Salt. I've got to say, I've not heard too much about Salt Breweries, if I'm really honest, but I was just reading the blurb on the side of the can. I'm certainly going to be searching out some of their beers afterwards. And the beer I'm drinking is called Model Citizen, if you can see that one. And it is a New England IPA-style beer, which I absolutely love. 6.8%, which is an absolute humdinger. And if you've been following me on social media at all, you'll know I've been grumbling about Brewdog recently and reducing some of their uh, ABVs, it's particularly Punk, and, more importantly, Elvis Juice. Quite upset about that one, dude. Quite upset. Down from 6.5 to 5.1, and it, it's ruined it. It's ruined it. She's not the same. No. No, shame. Um, and <laughs> I, I don't know whether Andy has anything to mention on the old Elvis Juice Brewdog. Um, so do you want to give us a sort of... A quick hello, Andy, and tell tell all everybody what you're drinking. Yeah, just quickly, I think um, Brewdog teamed up with Sulks. It's all the tears of people crying about the percentage of beer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Go on, what are you drinking tonight then? I've not been buying um, Brewdog for a while. I don't know. I've, I've never really looked at percentages lately. Um, yeah, but tonight, uh, my niece. I had one of these. She reminded me of it. I don't know if it's in focus or what. There you go. It's a Camden Hells Lager. Uh, so I saw some in my shop and thought, so yes, I'll, I'll go for that. It's not a strong percentage, I think. Oh, 4.6. Yeah. It's yeah. a good one. I've had sort of theirs before. There's a couple of them are okay. They're, they're uh, doing a limited edition can at the minute. Mm-hmm. Are they? A, a yellow one with a cannon on it. Should have checked it out for that one. Whatever. Well, and, and on that cheery note, <laughs> I'm drinking a good old. This class. Oh, there you go. Well, I'm drinking a good old Lefe, um, standard 6.6%. Um, love this beer. Said it before. Probably becoming my favourite beer, but drink too much of it in those big bottles, so it causes some some poor reactions after a few. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, just before we we crack on, there anybody got any shout outs, any particular mentions at all? Anybody that you want to sort of 
mention. Uh, I haven't this week, um, so I don't know whether either of you have got any. Yeah, Andy, do you want to jump in if you have? Uh, not, yeah. Uh, so go on, Andy. <laughs> I was just going to say, not for me. Uh, I've not been on social media much um, this last few weeks. So, uh, yeah, so enough. Just, just one for me then. Anyway, it's a big Tiddy from the Tiddy and Shana show. He's been in contact with A. He's going to send us their new decals of their show logo are out, and he's going to stick some of those in the post in the next couple of days. So, looking forward to receiving those. And he's also said that he'd love to come back on the show, him and Shana. So that's something that we need to make happen again in the near future. Get them talking about something other than NFL, although. If I remember correctly, they didn't talk about a whole load of NFL while they were on last <laughs> There was time. a couple of left turns on in that one, weren't there? Yeah. yeah. No, there was no, uh, nothing but left turns. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. But yeah, it'd be great to um, it'd be great to get those guys back on. Um, I enjoyed the episode. It'd be it'd be good to sort of um, to, to chat to them again, to see them again. Um, so yeah, let, let's uh, let's hope we can we can sort that out in the not too distant future and um, and get them on. Um, yeah. So this week um, it was sort of my idea really, and I, I sort of played around a bit. We've done music. Um, we, we've done films, so it's really um, episode fifty-one was, um, I suppose, spawned out of a, a bit of an argument with my daughter, really. Who, um, and you'll sort of understand why in a minute. Um, and we started talking about books, and I thought, oh, well, that, that might make quite a nice sort of podcast episode. So, so this one's all about books, sort of favourite books and stuff. And um, before I sort of go down my um, sort of favourite books, authors, and influences that sort of stuff i'm going to let andy and adam sort of take the helm so i'm going to let you guys chat um because i generally chat a lot when i'm hosting so i'm going to throw it over to ad first so um if you want to give us your sort of um sort of favorite book um why um tell us a little bit about it my favorite book and i'll hope you forgive me on this one was actually written as a radio play but it is available in book form is most famous. It's one you can read. It takes you around about an hour to read, which is funnily enough how long the radio play lasts, roughly speaking. And it's been turned into films as well. And it is by a certain gentleman by the name of Dylan Thomas, and it's under Miltwood, if you're familiar with that one. Yeah, I'm for, yeah, relatively yeah. familiar. So it's it's a play of voices, and it's this it's it's set in the fictional town of Claragub in Wales, and actually, if you read Claragub backwards, it spells bugger all, which is <laughs> where he got the name from. And literally, not a great deal really happens in it, but it's people in the depths of the night in this small town who are visited by the dead and haunted by their past and tormented by relationships that they'll never have uh, in the ter- you know in the forms of Fanway Price and Mog Edwards, which is probably. Um, probably my my favorite part of the story the the love letters that go between the two of those and there's a real rhythmic poetry written to it as obviously it's, it's dylan thomas you know very yeah. very famous poet and if you're not familiar with it i would i would urge you urge you to look into it um one of my favorite versions actually is well it was on the bbc and it's available on dvd actually from the bbc i keep it hidden away from my kids so they don't get sticky fingerprints all over the back of it so it doesn't spoil it and when I get an hour to myself, I do like to stick that on and enjoy a large glass of bourbon while I watch it. It's it's just very musical. Yeah, yeah. I say I, I'm I am familiar with it. I, I couldn't profess to know 
a vast amount about it, but um, obviously, I, you know, obviously, I've heard of it and and I'm aware of the author and this that, and the other. So, um, yeah, good, good, good shout, dude. Um, Andy, go on then. What, what's what's your sort of um, sort of I say favorite? Um, I'll just give you a bit of history on my book reading. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> in school and all that. Obviously, I read books, and just after I left school, I, I used to read books. And there's probably 10 or 15 years where I don't really bother because effing, I, I read just stuff online where it's like you know, articles, tech blogs, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, when, when I went on holiday a couple of years back uh, to Mexico, I thought oh, I'd buy some books because I don't sit in the sun. So I'm just going to sit, I'll just sit in the shade and read or whatever. So um, I had a 50 50 on my favorite book. I, I'll probably say 1984 by yeah. George Orwell. Yeah. Uh, Something written in, was it? 1948. 1948, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not 1984. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was the four and the eight turned backwards. That's why you picked the title. Like, it's something that can, it's sort of timeless because you could apply that sort of things to like, you know, like a futuristic sort of outcome and stuff like that. And it was was just quite clever, I thought, on a lot lot of, Conspiracy theories and a lot of rubbish have, have come out of it, haven't they? As well, you know, like Big Brother and all that. And a lot of terms for modern surveillance and stuff has come from them. Yeah. Uh, so, I thought, yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. I've not really read many of his stuff. Um, yeah. No, I mean, that, that's a, to be fair, that's a, it is a, a sort of classic. And, and as I say, it, it the, the futuristic sort of Big Brother, sort of the overseer watching you sort of thing is. is as you say, it can be applied to, to lots of different, certainly lots of different probably areas and regions of the world currently that, that we live in uh, and philosophies and stuff. So, yeah, that's a good shout, dude. I, I didn't put you down for a 1984 final. But Adam, I'm sure, pretty sure you you are aware of, of that that piece of work. Yeah, yeah, I must admit, it's, it's not one I thought of when I was actually coming to, to compile the notes for this episode, but it is, it is a really good book. I think it was it Animal Farm is the other one of his that I've, I've yeah. read. Again, which is very political much like uh, 1984 is and and again quite it's another one that very much applies to to modern day politics today it's very prophetic yeah no it is absolutely um and i'm trying to think was was there a film was there a film i'm trying to think who was I can't think. Look, I can't think. The 1984. I can't think. Oh, I thought yeah, I It was that weird finishing point. Yeah. I was like, no, no, not that one, dude. The other one. <laughs> I'm trying to think whether it, it had been made into a film, and I can't. I can't. Think. Maybe Andy can probably Google yeah. it and, and, and sort of come back to us. It was made in 1984, though. <laughs> was it really? What the film was made in 1984? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't see it. Massive, any big names in the cast, like, but um, I, I'd love for well, we'll get on to that later on, yeah, we'll get on to that later, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, as I said, my my favorite book and sort of my, my daughter's favorite, they're, they're two different books, but it got us into the argument. My favorite book is um, Lord of the Rings, probably is not a shock to add, I've read it loads of times. I love, love the genre, love, love everything about it. Um, I could watch lyrical about Tolkien for, oh, for hours and hours and hours, um, and I'm not going to. Um, I've, I've had a beer in the Eagle and Child in Oxford, where we sort of 
did a lot of his writing. With there was a group called the Inklings, and there was him. I think was it C.S. Lewis, Lewis Carroll, that that sort of group of people. Um, so I had a beer in there, and I got into a bit of an argument with my daughter, my eldest daughter, who loves Harry Potter. And I was just like, Harry Potter's just a massive rip off of Lord of the Rings. There's like so many parallels to it; it's ridiculous. And she's like, No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Um, and then I went to list like loads. So, um, but yeah, Lord of the Rings for me. I, I first remember reading it, and funnily, I read Lord of the Rings before I read The Hobbit. And I know that actually The Hobbit effectively is set pre Lord of the Rings, but I actually read the book Lord of the Rings before The Hobbit. I then went back and read The Hobbit after, um, and. Just straight away, it just grabbed me. I love the genre. I love this sort of fantasy genre. Um, and some people say that the book is is quite difficult to read just because of the different families and the different sort of um, histories involved. But that's why I loved it. Like, Tolkien's a genius. Not only did he create the story, he created the land. He created the, the histories, the genealogy, the, the, the races, just... He just didn't create that storyline and put it into a world, pre-existing world. He made that world. Um, and I was sort of trying to think of, you know, were there any many authors that have done that? And yes, there's lots of sci-fi authors that have done that. Um, but, you know, lots of present-day authors, and I'll get to name a couple in a minute, you know, it's based on Earth. And it's like, well, you know, we already have the civilization, we already have the everything about it and we have the infrastructure and all that but he he just wrote that about middle earth which is obviously where it's set and i and i just thought when i first read it i was like oh my god this guy's a genius it, and i loved the characters i loved the the, the byplay of the characters and all of that um and as i could go on for hours and hours and hours but i'm not i'm not going to um i think the fact that he, he developed languages and you look at some of the i suppose some of the, the as i say the sci-fi stuff and you look at the Star Wars stuff, and you look at the Star Trek stuff, and they've developed languages and all that sort of stuff. But for Tolkien to create those languages and actually to have people, when they did make them into the film, actually speak in those languages was just brilliant for me. So, uh, um, yeah, I'm a massive, massive Tolkien fan. Uh, Lord of the Rings' favourite book. Um, and I'll get on to why I think J.K. Rowling ripped, ripped off Lord of the Rings a bit later um and there are lots of reasons in my humble opinion you might not share those re reasons and i'm pretty sure my daughter won't but um so go on then so in terms of we've we've named favorite sort of books and stuff and this might be a slightly strange question but do you have a favorite author now that ironically might not necessarily be the author of your favorite book but do you have a favorite author in terms of a series of books or for example add you know would yours be dylan thomas for example or is there somebody else that you would talk about um, i enjoy i enjoy the poetry of dylan thomas but much of his poems are much shorter than that now J.R. tolkien again he's he is one of my well he certainly wrote a couple of my favorite books i've well i say i first read i've only read it once actually lord of the rings because it is a, a fairly weighty tome and i read it when i should have been revising for my gcses i think <laughs> i I don't. I don't think it did me any real harm. I don't think I'd have passed many of them anyway. No, I did. I did okay. I'm only joking. But yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that. But like I said, it's made up of three books, isn't it? Is it the Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, and Return of the King? Now, yeah. Two Towers, I found a little bit dull. There was a little bit too much traveling and walking around, and not an awful lot happening in that. And to be fair, I think they actually did well to make a film out of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
the similar length of the other two. So fair play to uh, to Peter Jackson there. My favourite author, actually, and I'll be dead honest, it's not. I have not picked up a book and read one of his probably even longer than Andy was saying there, sort of 10, 15 years. I bet we're going back 20 years since I last picked up one of his books. It doesn't help now that I've got two young kids, so the chance of picking up a book is pretty slim. Uh, I don't really have that much time to myself. And what time I do, we generally spend it podcasting. Yeah. But I, as, a, as, as a young chap, I, I absolutely love the stories of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the Sherlock Holmes stories, you know, Dr. John Watson. More so the short stories, to be honest, than his longer ones like The Hand of the Baskerville and yeah. The Study in Scarlet. It was, it was the shorter stories and his compilation of shorter stories that I really, really enjoy. There's some of those where literally I'll sit down in a session and get through four or five. I was just, I was just, just really in depth inside it and sucked into them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you and me again, I, I mean, that's a good shout. I mean, I, I, I quite like. Conan Doyle, I quite like that. Again, that that genre. Um, and again, I suppose short stories. You know, not that I know loads, but you know, your H.P. Lovecraft short stories, your mythos sort of short stories. You know, couple. Of, and again, they're not massively weighty tomes. They're they're sort of you know page turners that you can sort of read a couple in a session sort of thing. Um, so, um, Andy, go on then. So, following on from that, have, have you have you got a, sort of a, a favourite author or such? Doesn't necessarily have to be, obviously. Um, Oh well, but is there anyone else that, that maybe you, you like reading? Um, if, if you look at my book collection, I've got about ten books by the same person, and it's the uh, Mark Chopper Reed. Okay. <laughs> collection. Uh, so I don't know if you know about him. He's a Australian, like, well, don't know what how you describe him really. He, he's in and out of jail his whole life, killing people, all the bad guys, and all that sort of stuff. Um, well, yeah, I, I read his first book, and I've seen the film, obviously, and I was like, oh, it's all right, this. And I, I just kept buying them, because I, I say, yeah, it's about 10 years ago, I just hammered them, all, like, yeah. about 10 of them. Um, so I'll probably just say him for now, because he's, yeah, I've yeah, read 10 books of his. Yeah. But um, I do like the style of, like, George Orwell. Um, I do like Shakespeare stuff as well, though. Like, when I read them in school, I was quite interested in them. Yeah. But, uh, I haven't read them for years, so I can't, can't remember them. <laughs> yeah, I, I took, when we were at school, I think we did. I think Macbeth. I think did we do Macbeth? Yeah, we did Macbeth. Uh, I enjoyed Macbeth. I enjoyed yeah, Macbeth. Yeah, and Hamlet. So, so, yeah, see, yeah, I don't remember. I don't. To be honest, I don't remember a lot about Macbeth, and I studied it for two years. So <laughs> it probably tells you how much interest in, in GCSE English. But um, is this a dagger I see before me or ever? I can't remember anyway. Um, but yeah, so authors and stuff. I mean, I obviously read a lot. I said I've read a lot of Tolkien. I haven't. I've read Lord of the Rings, you know, a few times. Um, his other book, so The Silmarillion, I have sort of read once, but they never really went back and stuff. Um, but other notables for me, I, I I stumbled across a guy called Lee Child, who his character is Jack Reacher and does the Reacher series. And don't get me started on whether they cast that film right. Um, but again we'll get on to that a little bit later so i really 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 enjoyed the reacher um sort of series and he's a he's an ex-military cop who now just sort of effectively travels from place to place doing what he wants when he wants he, he doesn't really have any belongings he carries a toothbrush in his wallet and that's about it sort of thing you know what i mean so um and he always sort of stumbles across 
a little town or village and there's he, he sort of various things happen in there and he helps to rectify various problems and stuff so i quite enjoyed that um i actually really enjoyed dan brown's books or certainly his earlier books i quite enjoyed dan brown's books and i was a little bit disappointed with his last couple um angels and demons i thought was very yeah. good obviously da vinci code is one that lots of people will know but i actually think angels and demons is probably a bit better mm. um digital fortress w w was one of his lesser known ones and that that's excellent as well um but you've got so was it the lost was it a lost symbol um was one of his slightly later ones um but certainly I, I quite enjoyed certainly angels and demons and da vinci code i i did really enjoy did you enjoy inferno i really enjoyed inferno i thought that was back up there i thought that was nearly as good as the other two yeah i i i don't I don't massively remember disliking it. I've I mean, obviously, I've read them all. I, I don't remember thinking it was as good as Angels of Demons and Da Vinci Code. Um, I think, was it the lost symbol? I think was the poorest of them. Yeah, um, definitely. That's the one set in Washington, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. 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 Um, so I wasn't wasn't a massive fan of that. And Dan, if you listen, I apologise. Um, but again, it, the character, Robert Langdon, the character in, obviously... Angels and Demons, Da Vinci Code, I, I quite like, and I quite like that sort of character. So he's one that I read uh, uh, quite a bit. Um, and then um, the only other one really that I've read, read a series or so was um, Jeffrey Deaver said The Lincoln Rhyme, so Bone Collector, that sort of stuff. And that was portrayed by Denzel Washington on film, which is weird because obviously Denzel Washington being, being a black guy, when you read the book, you never really associate the characters being a black guy, but it sort of worked. Um, so Jeffrey Deaver is another author that I've read quite a bit about. Um, and so they were, the, they're the three really that they're the series of books that I probably read mo most of. Um, so I haven't read any Harry Potter, not, no, not any. Um, and my daughter won't enjoy me for this, but I'm just going to go through so Tolkien talks about the ring wraiths and J.K. Rowling talks about the Dementors, exactly the same, effectively, uh, exactly the same characters. These fly around causing mayhem. So I wasn't a massive fan of that. Um, I did quite think that you've obviously got Gandalf similarities to Albus Dumbledore, old guy, long grey beard, magician mage, all that. So there was that... Um, various things like Shellob the spider there's there's giant spiders in I could go on do you know what I mean there's there's loads for me so my daughter keeps saying no 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 and I'm like yes 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 um I mean if any listeners out there want to take me up on it then <laughs> so be it I'm happy to have that discussion straight argue with you um <laughs> we'll we'll wait and see um as I say I'm not a massive Harry Potter fan um I just think she ripped off Lord of the Rings, but so there we go. Um, anyway, moving swiftly on before <laughs> get, getting into various arguments with, with various people who want to fire back at me. Sort of film film conversions of books then is are, are we fans? Are we not fans? Sort of books that you think have been made into films. Is there any film that you think is as good as the book, having read it and seen the film? I don't know. Ad, what, what are your thoughts? We've had this discussion a few times, haven't we? When you talk about a good book, generally speaking, is always better than a good film. And strangely enough, when you mentioned Dan Brown, 
I actually saw the film The Da Vinci Code before I read the book, which right. I think is probably quite unusual because it was a very, very popular book. I was put off reading it because it was so popular. I thought, nah, it's going to be populist. I'm not interested in that. I, I don't, I'm not interested in that sort of thing. And I was, I'm happy to admit I was wrong. I really, really enjoyed the film, but enjoyed the book more. But it was strange having seen the film first because I'm obviously picturing Tom Hanks when yeah. I'm reading about Robert Langdon. So I actually wish I'd done it the other way around. In terms of books that have been made into films, it, it's a it's a good it's a good source for Hollywood to be honest with you. Because one of the things that I get really ticked off with is remake after remake after remake from 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 films that just do not need remaking. We've talked about Ghostbusters being remade and things like that. It's like some of those films are just perfect. Evil Dead, absolutely no need to remake those. So books seem to be written and churning out great stories and i've seen a few and i've, I've read a few recently there was one i read and i apologize it's just come back to me now about adolf hitler being born in modern day basically he when he when he sort of disappeared from in 1945 he was reborn and he's got to try and convince everybody he is who he says he is and i can't remember for the life of me what it is but i do believe that is being made into a film or may have been made into a film but right. it's a very very entertaining read like I said, Under Miltwood has been made into a film. I don't enjoy the film as much as I enjoy seeing the people just reading from it because it is a play for voices. But for me, it's it's one of those. It's it's enjoyable, but I just I just prefer reading a good book when I've got five minutes to do so. Yeah, Andy, what are your thoughts on sort of film adaptations of, of books? Are you a fan? Is there you know are there any that you think actually are better than the, the book as such? I do enjoy it, um, but it depends on when it was made because, you know, like you go back, say, 10 years and all all films have to have a good ending. Even if it was a trilogy, each one has to be a happy mm. ending or whatever. And, and some books, like I Am Legend, uh, I've not read the book, but I know of the endings, it questions, uh, like, the lead hero in it and the, the, yeah. the affected people in it. And it's like, who is actually the bad guy? Whereas the film, it's like... Oh, the them zombie people are bad guy, and that's yeah. it. And, yeah, and I, I know that, but um, I've read Fight Club years ago. And, right, um, the film I really like the film. I, I like the mm. book because it goes into more detail about more things. But the film was, it, I thought it did it justice. It um, covered a lot of like the main points and well, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton, like, you know, and Helena Bonham Carter, like big big actors for Meatloaf yeah. as well. <laughs> Meatloaf, yeah. yeah, don't forget Meatloaf. And Jared Leto, so yeah, it's a hell of a cast. Um, but yeah, I've not watched 1984 film, but it was made when I was born. But um, yeah, sure, I'll get around to that. It's weird doing it because, again, when me and my daughter were having the discussion about Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, she saw the film or a couple of the films before she then went back to read the books. She started watching films and loved the films and then read the books. And she said something the same as you, Andy. She was like, well, I can only really ever see Daniel Radcliffe now as Harry Potter. I can't... It doesn't matter what the book describes him as. She only ever sees Daniel Radcliffe. And and there's a couple of times where, the, you know, films of stuff, they've massively missed, in my opinion, massively miscast, you know, um, the, the lead characters and various characters. And But it is weird as to... Oh, you are obviously influenced if you watch them. If you watched, you know, if you watched the Lord of the Rings films before you read the book, 
you would absolutely think that those characters are, you know, as you would, there's one or two exceptions. I, I don't think Sean Bean was cast as Boromir particularly brilliantly because when you read the books, he's, he's very sort of of dark skin, dark hair, slightly bigger, you know, so they, they got that a bit wrong. But other than that, you look at actually, they probably cast them almost as you would expect. I'd go and Johnny jump in. No, I was just going to say, to be honest with you, that's one of those films that I actually think was, if it wasn't cast brilliantly, certainly what they did in, in prosthetics and makeup afterwards made those characters exactly as I pictured them when I was reading the book. Other than, and I apologise, Sean Bean, Sean Bean, who has borrowed here. I don't. Yeah. I don't know who I'd rather have. I know Andy would have rather seen Arnold Schwarzenegger play one. <laughs> I like him to play one of the Hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, you know, this is my precious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. I need your boots. I need your cloak, your staff, and your whatever it is. <laughs> I need your cloak, your boots, and your horse. <laughs> Arnie makes everything better. You shall not pass. <laughs> Arnie is Gandalf. Now that, that's in a completely whole different you. Arnie is Gandalf. <laughs> that's brilliant. Action hero. He did a little bit of Macbeth in Last Action Hero. It's quite good. Oh, that's ace. But no, I see. I mean, we, we joke and stuff, but again, from 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 reading the books, I think. Sorry, Sean, if you're listening again, you know, he's probably the only one out of the main ensemble cast. The only other one I thought maybe wasn't a massive fan of Elrond, so Hugo Weaving, I wasn't a massive fan of him being cast at, but, you know, I, I could I could probably live with it. Um, but yeah, most of the others from, from that film, I think, were, were, were pretty good. Um, okay, so are there any ones that... Oh. I've I've I completely forgot it, but it's on my list. Uh, do androids dream of electric sheep? Now, oh, did you get it right this time? <laughs> yeah, oh, I forgot it. Funny. Get it. <laughs> yes, he's third right. time of asking. The third podcast he's mentioned it, and he actually has it right. <laughs> I, I read it four times just to make sure. <laughs> but like, I, I read the I hammered the book. And it must have been about a day and a half. And the book's nothing like Blade Runner. It's like. Bits of it are in it, but it's mainly about like a group of people, the book. Right. And then like, oh, mainly Decker, but obviously, but a chunk of people. But the, the, the films are brilliant. Like, I love uh, cyberpunk sort of style. Yeah. Like, uh, neon lights and all that sort of crap. So Harrison Ford, was that was he, was he, was that who he, you would? Yeah, he, he was good in it. Like, yeah. Even in terms of, if you were, you know, if you were casting it, would there be somebody that you think actually you had it in, in your mind that, Actually, you felt as though he looked more like this person or that person. Or do you think they got it pretty, pretty spot on? Uh, yeah, I think they got it spot on because he's just like an, he looks like an average everyday guy, doesn't he? Like Arnie couldn't have done it. Oh, his acting skills are up there. Could Arnie have done the Rutger <laughs> sort of role though? Could if you'd put Arnie oh, in that role, would he done it? He could, but Rutger Hauer's just that emotion in it. It was it was too much. I think I don't think Arnie's got that range. <laughs> There's levels, and Arnie isn't does, quite on that level does, yet. Does Does Arnie have a range? Because I've only ever seen him play one character. <laughs> He's played a, a muscle barbarian, a muscly cop, uh, <laughs> a muscle terminator, yeah. <laughs> a teacher. He, he, he did He did play opposite. Was it Danny DeVito in Twins or whatever? So he, he's got. A, you know, he, there's that on his resume, I suppose. <laughs> 
was deck no not deck the halls what's the christmas one he did jingle, with, all, uh, jingle, jingle all, the all the way that's yeah. the one ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um oh brilliant so okay so we sort of we, we half jest about arnie being casters in, in blade runner and but is there any then sort of film adaptation that you think they got absolutely catastrophically wrong then you know are there any ones that you think there's absolutely no way that I mean there's one standout for me and I've sort of mentioned it already but are there any that, that of books maybe that you that you're a fan of that you think nah not having that honestly not really if I'm honest one I, I, I suppose there's probably not too many films because I you know, as a, as a slight disclaimer, I don't read an awful lot of fiction. So yeah. a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I've talked about there is fiction for the purpose of what we're talking about stories being made into films and the premise for the podcast as, as we discussed it. I mean, for me, one of the, my favourite Sherlock Holmes is, was Jeremy Brett, which was a TV series. I think it was made by Granada Television in the eighties. And for me, he was Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. He, he, you could, you could almost see the guy's mind working. He was very shrewd, and there was, there was, there was a callous and vindictive side to him, which comes across in the books. That often, when he's played on screen, he's quite avuncular. So I would say, you know, don't get me wrong, Basil Rathbone. I, I do love the classics, but it was a little bit too cheesy for my liking. So when I, when I think about other characters, there's other characters that have played roles that I love but don't compare to the likes of Jeremy Brett in that. And when we talked, we were joked earlier before James Bond, because obviously James Bond started uh, as literature, didn't it? It was written by Ian Fleming. And for me, Roger Moore is James Bond. Sean Connery, don't get me wrong, quite entertaining. Anything else, I'll be honest with you, after Roger Moore stopped playing Bond, I haven't watched a Bond film. I've seen a few. Really? Brosnan. Yeah, I was, yeah, honestly, he, for me, that's it. He, he was James Bond. I've seen a few, and by a few, I mean literally one or two clips of Piers Brosnan because he looks a little bit like Roger Moore, but it's not quite the same. Piers Brosnan, I wasn't a massive fan of him. Was, no, I, 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 I didn't did mind Sean Connery, to be fair. I, I didn't mind him. Roger Moore is the best one. But, uh, you know, but whether that's just the, the era that me and you had were growing up in and he was Bond at that time and actually the Bond films back in the day were like huge, weren't they? You know, the, uh, a new Bond release, whereas maybe now film, I don't know if it's lost its, lost its way generally or not, but, and certainly the Bond franchise maybe, and I know they're now talking about trying to revamp it and maybe make 007 a female operative and, you know, do you have a female Bond? And, and just to try and, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know where that would work. I don't know whether you're going too far away from, actually the base of the character that they're basing the film on if you know what i mean um the but yeah roger moore bond. for me G- <laughs> the name's yeah. bond james bond yeah. <laughs> that was a very bad arnie impression being james bond <laughs> move on oh is that arnie i thought sean <laughs> yeah, connery it was. <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking rab c but <laughs> that was closer <laughs> so yeah and and it's weird because Pierce Brosnan, not massive. Daniel Craig. <sighs> the first one he did was all right, but then the the actual films are awful after the it, first one. Yeah, was this was his first? Was it Casino Royale? Was that his first one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was. A, it, it felt like a Bond film with, but obviously he's a bit more physical in it. And then after that, it just went really, really piss poor. I can't even put yeah. my finger on why it was, but maybe the no. bad guys were a bit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. And I, yeah, and, and I suppose you've lost that 
arch villain because you obviously had Jaws, and you know, yeah, it was a Blofeld and stuff. So he had that 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 nemesis that kept reappearing and stuff. Whereas at the moment, it seems to just be bad guy. He get he dies, and then you've got another film, and it's a bad guy. And there was there was never really that that sort of ongoing nemesis sort of thing. I don't know. Um, I. I I sort of lost my way with the Bond films a little bit. I, I used to really enjoy them and used to really love watching them and stuff, but, yeah, I just sort of lost my way with them a little bit. Um, I mean, the, the the one really, really miscast character it is from a, a series of books that I love. Um, and to be fair, Lee Child had to come on and sort of explain why they cast him. Because in the book... Um, Jack Reacher's character, he's an ex-military cop, he's six foot five, 245, 250 pounds, rugged, thick set, got biceps the size of tree trunks, so they cast Tom Cruise. Really? Like He, he produced it. <laughs> but, like, you couldn't get, to, like, I'm not being funny, Andy, you'd have done a better job as Jack Reacher than, like, Tom Cruise, you know what I mean? It's like, and for those people that watch yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> no, I think I think with Tom Cruise on on the one hand, he, he obviously hasn't got the physical stature for it, but on the flip side, he he produced it, so he's actually made it into a film. Like how many, you know, like it could have gone to someone else, and they got like yeah. um, one of the Twilight people doing it or something like that. The, the, the one person that I always thought would have been brilliant, but it would have been a slight rip off of another couple of films he's been. I I thought Liam Neeson would have been phenomenal as that character. Yeah, yeah. but he's got the taken series, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, does he get typecast and stuff? But I actually think that Liam Neeson would have been superb. In, in you could almost argue. I know he'd be mentioned not necessarily had gone for Sean Bean, but he's more rugged than the Tom Cruise. And I'm not saying he, you know the Sheffield lad sort of gets it and stuff, but but I've so, gone for I, as well. I think yeah. he might have more his age now anyway. He's a bit older, isn't he? Yeah, so you know, but and and Lee Child literally had to come out and and there's various sort of YouTube clips and various social media sort of um, blogs and stuff about like why he actually chose him and because all the fans were just going like absolutely ballistic, like going proper like mental at him as to you know why did you why did you sort of cast him and and, and so on. So um yeah that that was the only one for me that was like massively miscast. Um so next next question are there any are there any of your books where it could be growing up or that, that you read now are there any that books that haven't been turned into films that you would love to see and and I, whether or not it's a film adaptation i suppose you could do tv miniseries or whatever so you're thinking like i don't know i want to say like the saint or the avengers that you know that type of thing based on the the bond stuff but is there anything that you would want to see done that hasn't been or there's there's one book that i've read that i would love to see made into a film now are you familiar with an actor by the name of Bruce Campbell? Uh, I am. Yeah. Are you are you aware he's written three books? N- no. Two are autobiograph- autobiographical. Pardon me. Right. Uh, which is um, if chins could kill confessions of a B movie actor. <laughs> the other one is hail to the chin, 
because obviously, much like me, actually, he has a large protruding chin. Uh, and two, actually, in all honesty, if you read If Chins Could Kill, I actually think it is one of the best autobiographies I have ever read. He's the only person I've known do diagrams of the stuff that he when the stuff that he used on on set, like when they made Evil Dead, how they lifted, the, how they made the the, the the deadites as they were fly. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely is, brilliant. Has he got a sketch of a chin as well? Um, <laughs> No, no, no. But but he, <laughs> he he makes he makes no bones about it. As you can tell by the titles, he does have a large chin. But he's also written a work of fiction, which is purportedly, although not actually, but it's written as though it's self-biographical. And it's called Make Love the Bruce Campbell Way. And I would very, very much like to see that be made into a film. Obviously, starring Bruce Campbell. And it's a while since I've read it, but he goes about uh, trying to get roles, and he's always missing out in his roles that, that that he's going for. To the guy who plays Shooter McGavin in Happy Gilmore, and he's okay, always yeah. pipping him to the post. And it's a story of, of the rivalry between those two guys, and many, many things more. Besides, if if they made it to a film starring Bruce and his and his legendary one-liners, it would be phenomenal. It would be phenomenal. It would be terrible. It'd be very low budget, but it'd be good. <laughs> and I'm assuming that you would pay good money to go and watch that then. Oh, that would get me back into the cinema. Wow. Okay. Right. right. Well. Okay. Well. Pitch it, dude. Pitch it. You know. Yeah. They write to him. Just say, look. Come on. Come on, sunshine. Andy, I don't. I don't know whether. I mean, I don't know whether you, th- th- there is anything that you sort of read or that you sort of can, can see being turned into sort of either big screen or or sort of small screen. Yeah. Everything I've read been turned into stuff like. Yeah. Nineteen eighty four. I won't mind. Seen redone, and I, I made a note of putting like someone like Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, yes, as a, but yeah. um, yeah, they've all been done and they've all been done quite well. Like Chopper, for example, was Eric Barner played him, and it was, yeah, I, I've, I've seen I've seen Chopper, um, oh, and right. yeah, I, I, I can't enjoy it. And Eric Barner is is very good in that, um, and I, he's actually quite a decent actor, he's been in quite a few decent. Is that how you pronounce his surname, Barner? Just out of interest. Yeah. Because I, I just wonder because I, the first thing I saw him in was the Hulk. Yeah. So I've just got, I've called him Banner because he, you know, he's playing David Banner. David Banner. Banner. No, I think I think it's Barner, isn't it? Yeah. David Barner. That's cool. I didn't know. That's why. I asked. Uh, yeah. You see, you see, see, we're, we're educating the nation. That's what we're doing. <laughs> he used to be a comedian, and that's how he got the role for the. Uh, Chopper, because he was sort of that funny sort of style sort of thing. Wow, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because when I was doing the premise of for, for the podcast, I was thinking, you know, are there any books that I've read or series of characters that I've read? And the reason that there's there's a guy called John Resnick who who is a, again, it's a it's a character that is is ex. Special Forces, and he 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 has this relationship with the director of the FBI or deputy director of the FBI, and she gets him to do loads of like the black ops that actually is probably illegal, but the FBI can't get involved, and he does them all sort of thing. Um, and and I'd love to see that as a series, like as an ongoing series, because they've done. He, he he's written, he's written quite a few um, sort of books, and the, the character appears, um, and the the titles all called Hard. It's like Hard Knocks, Hard Fall. Hard, hard, this hard, and so there's probably about eight or nine books now, and I, I've read them. So that that would be one that, whether they have been made, and it might be an American thing, but I'm not aware that they have. 
But I, I do quite like that genre, the, the, the sort of the FBI, CIA, sort of special forces. I quite like that genre in, in, in books. So that would be one series that I'd quite like to what to, to see. Stuff that I'd love to see, Tom Clancy stuff, so you're clear and present danger. And I know they've made lots of film adaptations about that. And actually, I think on um, is it Amazon, they, they've just got um, Jack Ryan is... They've just got series, and the first series is pretty good. The second is terrible, don't bother. Um, but the first series is pretty good. So a lot of the characters that are books that I love that has actually already been done. Do you know what I mean? And whether or not you go down the route of, well, I'd love to see a couple more Dan Brown adaptations, or I'd love to see a couple more Lee Child. I'd love to see a couple more Lee Child adaptations and actually the Jack Reacher series, but actually not be Tom Cruise. The problem that you've got now is that he's, because he's been in a couple of them, it's now always just going to be Tom Cruise. That that's the issue you've got. Um, so, yeah, like I said when when I when I was asking you the question, I was thinking, God, is there anything? Is one that, that I've read that, and other than going back to like the Beano or the Dandy or whatever it was back in the day, thinking, oh, I wish they'd make a sort of TV series out of that. You know, like I don't know, like a, a half an hour sort of Sid the Sexist TV show or whatever from Viz. You know, characters. they they did do Billy the Fist, did didn't. They did Billy the Fish, and they did a few other things beside it. I'm sure they may have even done a Roger Melly one. Yeah, honestly, literally, they were like five-minute skits, very, very cheaply done, very, very late at night. And the fact that you've never heard of them probably tells his own story about the quality. (laughs) I didn't even even know. Terrible. Yeah, Uh, I can imagine uh, being pretty bored, to be fair. Yeah. I, I've, I've got a vague recollection of the Billy the Fish one, which is one that should never have been touched. Like I say, Roger Melly, far more entertaining. But I've got a funny Billy the Fish was like like plasticine models. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one. It could have been cartoons, but yeah, it was it was abysmal. Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm I I don't remember that. There's a couple of, I mean, maybe it's not for a, a family orientated podcast, but there's a couple of so one liners from various Viz characters <laughs> that, that that would. Be fantastic, but whether you can make a whole TV miniseries out of them, I'm not too sure. So, I suppose final thought for me then: the classics, or what you would, what you would sort of think of as the classics, so the Dickens and sort of any of any of them that that you've read, any that you would, what's on your reading wish list? Are there any? And it doesn't have to be the classics; it could be auto. You know, autobiographies, it could be biographies, it could be fact, it could be fiction. Are, are there any books that you haven't read that you think I'd, I'd love to actually spend, you know, a few hours getting my teeth into that one? I mean, th- there is one Dickens story which I've read more than the others. I've read, a, I've read a couple of theirs to be, and to be fair, I actually quite like Charles Dickens. The, unsurprisingly, they're quite well written. <laughs> you, you won't be too surprised to hear. But A Christmas Carol is a fantastic story. I read it years ago and really, really enjoyed it and then vowed to read it every single Christmas and then never quite got round to it because I was far too busy yeah. drinking drinking Baileys and all that kind of stuff. But now you've got kids, you see, just put the Muppet version on it. It's absolutely genius. It's brilliant. The, the Muppet version, other than the fact that it's Jacob and Robert Marley or Bob Marley, you know, <laughs> It's, it's it's actually relatively close to what happens in there. But I read it again when uh, my wife was uh, pregnant with Matilda, our first child. Obviously, she was born in January. So at Christmas time, I sat and I read that story to her. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed reading it. I really enjoyed reading it out loud because 
prior to that, I was just reading Dr. Seuss. And don't get me wrong, I, I love a bit of Dr. Seuss, you know, the green eggs and ham and all that kind of stuff. And strangely enough, unlike most of the children in the nursery uh, that she goes to, Matilda absolutely loves Dr. Seuss. Most evenings before we go to bed, we'll stick Dr. Seuss on, on YouTube and have the stories read to her, and she absolutely loves them, which is unusual. I, I don't know whether it's anything to do with me reading them to her when she was in the womb. I'd like to think so. It yeah. probably isn't. It's probably the cartoons that accompany them on, on YouTube. But Charles Dickens, like I say, the classics that you're talking about there, absolutely phenomenal Christmas Carol if you have the time and it's a very short story it's it's normally twinned in a book with another one called I think it's the cricket on the hearth and and that one isn't anywhere near as good so don't bother with that one sorry Charles but Christmas Carol is phenomenal it's a short story but an absolutely great read and like you say Muppets Christmas Carol is actually really close to it and maybe if you want to include uh, Dr. Susie there, which again is poetry. Whether you class that as the classics or not, it's a little bit more modern that, than that, I suppose. But Oh, The Places You Will Go is a great story, an absolutely phenomenal poem. And I would take the time to read that because I find it quite inspirational and it always always gets me in the old tear ducts when I listen to it. Wow, that, there you go, you see. Wow. Uh, Andy, what, what about yourself then? So what, what would be on your sort of Christmas wish list in terms of sort of books and stuff? Are there any autobiographies or what? I mean, obviously I'm, I'm away wearing a Pearl Jam t-shirt or whatever, but, you know, are there any uh, sort of autobiographical sort of books based on them as such? Or is it, what, what would be your wish list? Um, well, I've got a few books I've already bought and I'm going to read them when I go away in a few weeks. Uh, so I've got a book on the Witcher series. So they're like right. loads of books, they're games, and they've got a TV show and stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's one book, and oh, I'm, I'm going to buy it. Um, it's called Neuromancer. And I only heard about it recently because of um, obviously the Matrix 4 is being made. And apparently, when they were filming the first films, they wanted all the cast and crew to read three books. Um, one of them is this philosophy book, like Simulacra and Simulation, about like symbolism and stuff like that, and uh, idols and all that sort of stuff. Another one about called Out of Control, which is about cybernetics and emergence and stuff. But it's uh, that um, Neuromancer is like a sky, sci-fi book, sort of set like in the future a Blade Runner sort of style where someone gets taken out of the Matrix, which is the World Wide Web or whatever, and they've got to like work their way back into it. It's got some similar theme to the Matrix film, so that's got me all hot and bothered. Uh, <laughs> so you're looking forward <laughs> that, to that one then? Yeah, that that and the the Witcher book. I, I've had it for about three months now, and I've still not picked it up. <laughs> but I've got away in a few weeks. I'll read it then. Yeah, and it's weird because you sort of go away and you look at. You know, go on holiday and we'll go away to some holiday and we'll have, you know, two weeks away. I mean, I'll probably read like probably four books in two weeks. You know, literally just like a bit of sword, a couple of beers, some louder. Ah, you know, my kids are sort of, you know, they're, they're a bit more grown up now. So you don't necessarily have to be like on them all the time. You know, they're probably chilling out on a sun lounger next to me. Now I'm literally just like, this is the life. <laughs> this is, well, actually, I'm not doing the books. It's on a Kindle reading now. She's like, press, you know. Um, the, the one for me was, and, and, and I feel a little bit, I suppose a little bit ashamed that I haven't really read it. Um, and again, it goes back to Dickens's. So I, I haven't read Taylor Two Cities, which I would love to to read. Um, and it's one that a couple of people say, oh, and you know, you've got to read it. And a couple of people don't bother. So, but it, it is a classic and it is Dickens. And it's, 
it's obviously London and Paris and the, the French Revolution and all that. And, and I'm not massively, well, I'm not a fan at all, really, of sort of period dramas, costume dramas, when you're watching them on TV and stuff. It, they don't really float my boat, but I tell you the two cities I sort of feel as I should read just at some point just to show maybe that I have actually read what would be classed as maybe one of the classics, I don't know. Um, but in terms of sort of, you know, Dickens, and you look, you look at Dickens and then you look at, um, you know, there's lots of, I suppose, books that you would see as being the classics, but I'm, I'm not a massive, as I say, I'm not a massive classic book reader. I, I read not probably as many autobiographies as I should, um, but I, I'd love to, you know, I'd, I'd love to read Freddie Flintoff. So I haven't read that. I'd love, you know, a couple of the cricketers. I'd love to. Obviously, going back to um, Nick Fowler, my sporting hero. You know, I'd love to read about his trials and tribulations and stuff. So, um, if I had to pick and ask you, and I don't know whether you have Andy. I know you have a lot, Adam. Who who, who would be your favourite sort of autobiography or semi autobiography? That, that you've read is there anyone that, that jumps out that you think actually I really enjoyed reading that one I mean, uh, sorry go on oh, yeah, go on I'll, I'll have a little think no I'll go on <laughs> uh, like I said earlier genuinely genuinely Bruce Campbell's is is a fantastic reader and if you're if you're a fan of B movies if you're a fan of horror you'll really really enjoy this story if you're just a fan of Hollywood I actually think you'll enjoy it it's a very very good story I've read Jeremy Beadle's, you know, Andy sent me something the other day via Instagram. I forget what it was about exactly, but it mentioned Beadle. I've read, I've read Jeremy Beadle's autobiography. I picked it up for a pound. And I'm genuinely, it's a really, really entertaining read. I've also, I've also read Morrissey's, funnily enough. Morrissey's written an autobiography, which I have to say is beautifully written, but not a patch on Johnny Mars. If you want to read, if you want to read a musician's autobiography uh, and, whether you're a fan of the Smiths or not, you can't dispute that Johnny Marr is an incredibly talented guitarist. And actually, if you look at some of your favourite tracks, whether you're a Smiths fan or not, I almost guarantee he played guitar on a few of them because he is incredible. But his his autobiography, Set the Boy Free, is one that is well worth reading. It's very honest. It talks about the court case involving the Smiths and the, and the, the writing debacle that they had there, which never even gets more than maybe two lines mentioned in Morrissey's. So I would definitely, definitely read that one. But my favourite, other than those, would be um, Stephen Fry. We've mentioned him a few times on there. And he's written a couple of ones. I read the Fry Fry Chronicles, pardon me. It's a very, very good read. But it's his early one, his early school days and the time that he got sent to prison. Incredible read. And it's called, and I had to Google how you pronounce it just to make sure I pronounced it correctly, Moab is my washpot. Phenomenal. Pick it up and read it. It's brilliant. As you're on mute. I, I, yeah, I haven't read it. Um, but Andy, anything, anything to add, or any any sort of autobiographies that that you have read that I've read a few good ones. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson's the second one about six years ago. That was quite good. Um, yeah, I got halfway through Arnis. I need to pick that up again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have read it like a hundred times, but yeah, I got halfway through it. That surprises <laughs> me. That <doesn't> it? <laughs> it's in my not reading phase, but my drinking phase. That was <laughs> you can't you that's, can't mix the that's two. That's now, things. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's been the last twenty years. 
Uh, I think I think there's a few um, a few artists. I don't know if they've done like Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam probably one. I'm sure he's got one at Chris Cornell maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, someone like that. I, I, I quite like the music side just because to hear about their life and their creative side is quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the best the best one the best one I've read, which is weird, it's not a sports show. Um, was Long Walk to Freedom from, and it's based in Nelson Mandela's memoirs and stuff. And it is just like, because it is one of those, he's one of those people that I sort of think, you know, he literally like effectively changed the nation and, and, and was not single-handedly because there were lots of other people that, that were part of that, that group and that movement and stuff. But when you just, when you read some of the memoirs and stuff and you, you, you appreciate what, what he went through the struggles and the, and then obviously then coming out of that and the release from Robin Island and all of that and you just think yeah that, like that guy's lived a life do, do you know what I mean he has he has basically gone on and and not he's lived his dream because obviously you know he wouldn't if he had his time over again he probably wouldn't want to go through that sort of period in his life and stuff again but like brilliant you know, really, really, really fascinating read. Um, and it's weird because I don't normally read loads of, sort of I say political stuff, but he was just one that I thought I, I really needed to, to read. Um, and if you haven't, it, it is decent. Barack Obama does quite a nice, he sort of sells it quite nicely. And so, you know, basically it's a piece of literature that you have to read. It, it's a, you, as somebody growing up now, you, you have to read that just to appreciate where we are now and actually the struggles that he went through to get the country that he loves to the position it's in now sort of thing. So, it's fascinating. It was brilliant. Um, a couple of the sports people that I'd love to read that I haven't, but um, yeah, that that for me, the the long walk to freedom was brilliant. Um, so I don't know what I don't know what time what time we are now. We're on about an hour, are we? Maybe just shy of. So um, enjoy this, guys. I'm going to wrap it up really because you know we we've spoken about the books we enjoy. We've spoken about the sort of the, the adaptations, and I don't know whether you've got in in. Jerry Springle's immortal sort of words, a final thought as such. Um, I don't know whether or not you want to sort of wrap it up as such or... Yeah, to be honest, I'd say I mentioned, I mentioned one of his books already, his autobiography, Morrissey. Morrissey's also written a novel, I don't know if you knew that as well, pub- published on Penguin Classics called The List of the Lost. And you'll probably be surprised to hear it is on my list of worst books I've ever read. Well, Again, okay. It's it's beautifully written, but it's got a body count higher than a Jason Voorhees film. It's 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 terrible, absolutely terrible. And if you, I don't want, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's a it's a bunch of long distance runners in college in Ireland, I think it is, and they discover a body. Then it gets dumber and dumber and dumber. And I I, I was reading this and thinking, is this really Morrissey's written? This this is terrible. It must be a different one. This must be Neil Morrissey's yeah, Morrissey. written. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Honestly, it is awful, awful. Um, but he did write the line in that Smith song, there's more to life than books, you know, but not much more. So he might love books, but he, was, he should stay away from writing them. Yeah, he just, just put his lyrics down in songs. Absolutely. Andy, any any sort of Springer's final thought? Uh, th- thinking of... That books has, has reignited my need to read a bit more because I think because I work, I just read random 
random stuff on the internet, whether it's technical blogs or, you know, uh, new technology coming out or that sort of stuff. Um, gets a bit boring after a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so do, do, you think, do you think do you think the onset of technology then has meant that, and I, sh- I suppose should have asked this question maybe 25 minutes ago, do, do you think, <laughs> do you think this, this generation of kids, do you think, you know, our generation read more than or read more than our kids' generation and therefore by sort of logic, do you think we read less than our parents' generation and so on? Do you think reading's become a bit of a lost art or not? Or Yes and no. I, th- I think I think because technology is that different. Like, like when I was younger, for example, I'd be out playing football all the time, whereas now I'll be on my computer all the time. And it's like kids, I don't think, of, they might be reading physical books less, but they'll be reading or watching stuff. Uh, I think the media's just changed. Instead of physical books, there might be a Kindle mm. or something like that, or, yeah. um, or maybe just watch the film, because it's easier. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. If you ever wanted to know how to do something, when we were kids, you'd go to the library, you get a reference book, you'd read all about it, you sit there and you take your notes and you go back and you go and do it. Now, if I want to do something, when I feel like we're doing this podcast, if I want to know how to do a podcast, I haven't read any books. Yeah. I just jumped on YouTube and watched 10, 20, 30 videos on how to do it. Yeah. Not obvious, I know, when you when, when you listen to it. I was going to say, you still haven't planned on it. Works, <laughs> play, play, plenty more uh, online uh, video storage are available or whatever. Anyway, but yeah, it's weird because you, you, I said to Amy, you know, she, she reads a bit of Harry Potter, but then it's how well she reads. She doesn't. She, you know, she might. You know, she might TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram and all that sort of stuff. But in terms of actually reading it, not massively. And then it might be like, go on the blog or I might read a web, you know, I might jump online and read a web page or whatever or a review. But actually to see people reading novels and getting enjoyment out of reading, I don't, you just don't really see it these days. Unless it's like I say, our generation, Andy, I'm not classing you as the same as mine and Adam's generation, but... Unless it's like perhaps it's like the older generation, and you genuinely see people in getting enjoyment out of reading, and I don't know whether that's just my, you know, my two, or it's just a, a sort of I say the, the generation these days they just don't seem to want to spend time reading. I don't know whether that you know, um, and I think it's I think it's a I think it, you know I think it's it's a shame because I've had you know plenty of plenty of you know enjoyment out of reading novels and books and really getting your teeth into it and as you say rather than the hour and a half of a film read a book you know the, the page turn in and stuff so i i'm a yeah you, you you've we, we've got to get younger generation reading again um so and i suppose that's my final thought is we've spoken for the last hour or so on books and our favorite books and this that, and the other so i think a message for me is get out there get get reading kids you know um and if you're 45 years old and you're listening and you're not reading then get reading you 45 year olds as well do you know what i mean so is is your just to clarify that is your final thought is if you're younger than us you read blogs if you're our age you read books if you're older than us you read the daily mail (laughs) (laughs) yeah why not let's go with that (laughs) (laughs) summed up perfectly dude (laughs) And, and on that note um, as I say, I think we're at the hour mark now. So, um, as always, guys, we, we'd love your feedback, um, whether it's specifically on this episode, books that you've enjoyed, books, films that you would love to see made, or just some general feedback on 
structure the podcast, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. You know, um, by always get in touch with us, let us know. Um, good and bad, we're open to to um, good and bad sort of feedback. So um, give us a shout out, let us know. Um, other than that, I'll um, look forward to hosting the next one. Don't know when it'll be. Um, and see you soon. Gaz out. <laughs>